look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal Carmelli, my co-host here, Dave Popwich. How you doing, buddy? I'm terrific. How about you? Really good. Uh, what a what a crazy week. What well, a... it's been a crazy two weeks, really. Um, and you're right. It's a, it's the opposite of the previous week. Crazy. Right? Yeah, I, I, and it's it's a really interesting week because not only did we get some interesting job numbers and so forth, economic numbers that came out from both sides of the border, mm-hmm. surprise here in Canada, mm-hmm. um, but also some interesting. Retail numbers, meaning some company like Lululemon has figured some stuff out there. They figured out that you want your bum to look good too. Apparently, Sell I do. Them in. Yes, That's and, right. and and how they handle the whole China tariff issue. Yeah. Um, and so those companies who figure it out are going to be rewarded. Yep. And so I like that. I like quality being rewarded and and a lack of quality in a company being decimated. I like I like the the strong to survive and Okay. Uh, it's a good it's a good sign. We got a cool show today. Uh, we're going to talk about potential tax uh, tax issues if your children um, or the people dealing with your estate are outside of Canada. Yeah, do you know how the many there's a, tons of Canadians who have their yeah. their beneficiaries yeah. outside of Canada, primarily in the US, or their executor of their will? Right is in the U.S. Yeah, a kid moves down to the U.S., right? A child is the executor of the will. and There's a whole bunch of problems that could potentially sure. come of that. We're going to talk sure. about that. Um, we've got a limited show today because we've got the... Um, uh, the football game. The football game. Yeah. The stamps go. Um, so I want to cut right to the chase. Um, we had a, a, some interesting conversations and actually some feedback through the social media channels that That's right. that we're using, uh, which we thought was pretty cool. And the, the question or the comment was on a very short snippet we put in is you guys put out the problem but not the solution yeah <laughs> okay so we want to do a follow-up to that and make sure yeah. we're providing some solutions i'm going to just give you the problem and then we're going to talk about the solution the problem is recession yes okay what's the solution if you're pre-retirement what's the solution if you're in retirement and need income okay so, so growth versus income so yeah income growth recession's coming um instant reaction normal reaction for an investor is to go to cash Cash in. I don't want to have any downside risk. And so put all my chips out of the market because the recession's coming. Right. Which is normal reaction. Right. Everybody feel it's, it's fight or flight, and they're, they're going through the experience of, of flight. Okay. So I get that. The, the problem with that scenario is you'll have to be able to time it correctly right. to come back in. So anybody who knows somebody that it cashed out during the crash of 2008, chances are that person didn't know when to get back in. And we have met many people who took years. Eight, nine years. Before they felt confident enough to get back in the market. Okay. So let's talk about solutions. Okay. First solution that you could employ if you felt we're going to a recession is you could do an all-in bet, whether it's cash or something else. You could turn everything to cash and try to market time. Yeah. So market timing is is a potential solution, not that one that we would recommend. Yeah, probability of that, of getting that right is right. small. Small, that's right, because you've got to have the foresight to get out early and you've got to have the guts to get in at the bottom. Nobody has that, nobody I've ever met, not to say there isn't somebody out there, but highly unlikely, Correct. not a good strategy. Correct. Okay, still prior to retirement, you're growing, you're growing your, uh, your asset base. Yep. Solution number two, 
proper, I'm not going to say structure, I want to save that one for the third one, but proper asset allocation. Underweight, overweight, the appropriate asset class given the economic data. So we call that the five pillar investment strategy right. approach. There's five different pillars that we invest our clients' money in a growth basis. Right. When you're growing your money, you now start to underweight and overweight certain areas. Right. So the question is, do you underweight completely out of the stock market? Right. And my view is, if the the objective is growth over the longer term. You cannot avoid one of the best growth mechanisms in the world, which is the stock market. Yeah, historically best, right? Right. So you need to have some exposure because you don't because you don't believe in the market timing. Base case, right? And then be humbly be humble with yourself and say, if I'm wrong, yes, things could be better or they could be worse. Correct. Right. So it, what that precludes you from doing is making an all-in bet on any one asset class. Correct. Underweight and overweight. Correct. Does that mean you could see a negative? Good question. So the answer is yes. Yep. If you're exposed to the stock market and you, the markets fall, let's make up a number, 30% drop in the stock market, yep. you could be exposed to a negative. For whatever percentage of your portfolio is in the stock market. Correct. And that's where we're getting down to the the math, right? Yep. And the, uh, the strategy as we often talk about. Correct. So if you've taken your equity exposure down to 25% of the portfolio and it falls, equities fall by 30%, you get twenty. You get a negative. Uh, you, the, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the portfolio allocation. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're yeah. going to get a negative one quarter of that thirty percent attributed to your portfolio. Okay, that's a lot of math for me on a on a Saturday. Know, but so, you follow what I'm so saying. basically, whatever percentage you have in the stock market, be prepared for that portion to go down. Correct. Provided the other areas where you're investing are not going down as well. Correct. Because that could happen. Good. So then goes back to the argument: Why not just go to cash and not have that down. Okay. So, so we're going back to t market time. Market timing. Right? So I think when, when people start to invest in the stock market and they, they reduce their exposure and they put it into something that's more defensive, they put yep. majority or lion's share of their portfolio in something more defensive. The reason why you still have exposure to the stock market is because you, do, you are admitting that you don't know when the stock market is going to go back up. Right. 2008, the stock market crashed. 2009, the stock market rallied. Who knew that? Right. Who knew before that it was going to happen like that? So you need to have some exposure to it. So you have to base it on some thesis. That thesis has to be, in our opinion, economically driven. Correct. As the economy gets better, you increase your exposure to the market. As the economy starts to contract, you decrease your exposure stock market. You're not going to have um, all the upside with zero negative return. It's going to have some negative. Right. But we want to cushion that as much as possible because the rebound will help you recover and grow at a faster rate than trying to market time and missing that timing. I'm going to go back to strategy because what you're saying is if I can't market time to those moments, then what I need is a, a strategy appropriate for the time horizon that you have. Correct. Right? If you need liquidity next week for a house, do not be in the stock market. Or next year. Or next year, do not be in the stock market. So the stock market time frame, how long should somebody... Five, minimum five years. Five years. Yeah. Right? So if, you are, if you've got a time frame of five years or greater, then the equity market is a place that you need to put a portion of your money in. Okay. But if you have less than five years, now you're taking a heavy bet mm -hmm. that the market... Because we have seen many times in history that the stock market has a negative return Yep. over any five-year period. Right. So why take that probability? Right. 
but a structured five-pillar investment strategy approach. And I've got the charts going back to 1935 yep. for a balanced portfolio over any five-year period has never gone negative. Yeah, that's right. So let's fast forward now. Okay. Now I'm in retirement. I need income. So it goes beyond just the five pillars now. It goes to proper portfolio structure. In yes. fact, we were alluding to it already. Yes. If you need income, I need predictability, sustainability to the extent you can get it, tax efficiency in that particular um, a goal. Yes. Right? That's what I'm looking for. Well, that doesn't sound a lot like the stock market. No. It sounds like an other asset class. You have a very specific objective here. Correct. Which requires its own approach, its own strategy, and its own types of investments. Okay, so I think this is a great spot to start talking about the seminar we're going to be having, and we host this every single month. It will be on Tuesday, September 24th, 7 p.m. at the Four Points Sheraton Hotel in West Calgary. Now, you need to reserve your seats. It is filling up fast. We yeah, get yeah. A, full, a full session every single month, so please give us a call to register, 966-8400. That's 403-966-8400, or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. The reason why I'm saying this is because there's more to this than just stocks versus not stocks or right. cash. There's more to it in regards to income and how you need the income. There are big risks that people take because interest rates are so low and in some countries around the world negative, you're being forced to take on risk. Right. And when you get forced to take on risk, you don't know what's wrong until wrong happens. Until after, yeah. And so it sounds great to have your money in the stock market and live off of dividends of 3 4 5% yeah. until the stock market falls and crashes. That's a different experience and that can ruin your retirement. So that's why we have these types of seminars to educate, inform, and motivate individuals so they can have a better retirement. Yeah, and it's going to come down to structure and discipline. So we hope we see you there. Uh, we've been making a huge effort over 10 years now, Faisal, of doing these about educating. There's no pressure. This is about helping answer that question. If you're living in retirement and you need income and you can't afford the volatility of the stock market Correct. for all of it, then there is a solution. Okay? We're happy to share with you what that solution is. Yep. We look forward to talking to you about that if we happen to see you at the next uh, uh, presentation. Okay, uh, we have to take a quick break here, uh, but don't go away because after the break, we're going to be talking about potential tax issues if your family members are living outside of the country when you pass. What are, what are the potential implications here? And they're significant. Stick around for that. You're on 770 CHQR and more than money. Welcome back. You're here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. And Faisal, there's an interesting problem that we run across with with some regularity uh, in Calgary because of some close connections to the United States through oil and so on and so forth. But an interesting situation arises from an estate perspective when um, you have an executor or perhaps beneficiaries of your estate, like your kids, for instance, that have moved down to the United States. You live here and they're living in the United States. Yeah, as more and more people decide to... Um go where the jobs may be or yeah. have their lives uh, away from their parents, um, a lot of times they end up in the United States. And that mm -hmm. can cause a problem when um, when you, as a Canadian, are planning your your estate plan. In the event of, of your death, what happens? Who does the money go to? Yeah. And who takes care of those responsibilities of executing those those uh, those requests? Uh, they're known as an executor. Uh, can, can become very complicated the minute you be, you're... you're selected beneficiary or executor is an American. Yeah, or living in the United or States. Or living in the United States. Right? So this is a complicated issue. We're, I'm not sure we're going to do justice in 10 minutes, but and, and, and the rules aren't necessarily black and white. Correct. So we've got a terrific guest to help us try to understand 
um, some of the issues that we need to address and face if, in fact, you're in that situation. Max Reed will be joining with us, uh, joining us just shortly. Um, he's a cross-border tax lawyer at SKL, uh, SKL Tax in Vancouver. Max, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, guys. Great to be here. So let's try to make some sense of this, Max. Let's maybe start with um, this notion of an executor. What happens if um, I'm living in Calgary and uh, I've got a child that moves down to the United States that is my executor in my will? Well, <clears throat> there's a couple of tax problems you have to navigate. The, the first is that <clears throat> if, under the Canadian tax rules, your estate is considered to be managed from the United States, then the administration of that estate gets a lot more complicated from a Canadian tax perspective. And the second issue is, is that from a U.S. tax perspective, the U.S. tax rules might consider it a U.S. estate, which makes it even more complicated. So the, the general rule of thumb is, if you're, um, is that you should try and have a Canadian resident executor where you can. So we go, our choices are, it's complicated or more complicated. <laughs> that, that's the general rule with cross-border tax issues. You, yeah, you get to choose complicated or more complicated. <laughs> okay. So, um, again, we don't have a ton of time here, uh, but I would like to give um, you to give us, our listeners, uh, a sense, because we have uh, clients in particular, we're yep. thinking of a couple, that are now facing this situation. The child's moved down to the United States and is the executor. What... Um, if, if it's not practical and they don't want to change the, who the executor is, what do they need? What planning can they do in advance to be just on the complicated, not the more complicated side? Well, the, the simplest thing to do is to ask a friend uh, to be the executor instead of using their kid who's moved to the States. Right. If that's not an option, then what they want to do is make sure that the kid – after the after the second spouse passes away, yep. make sure that the kid does all of the estate administration while physically present in Canada and documents that. <laughs> and and the reason that's important is that it prevents the estate from being considered from being managed not in Canada if the person doing all the work to manage the estate, the executor, the U.S. kid in this particular instance, is in Canada at all times. So so that should solve the problem. But, again, that could sometimes be impractical because, mm -hmm. you know, kids have lives and, and families and whatever, and they're not necessarily going to be able to fly to Canada and do all the work in Canada. But that is the technical solution to this issue. Okay. Um, fair enough. So we've got that situation. Um, is that a residency issue? Is it a citizenship issue? So child moves to the United States, is a resident of the U.S. Is it different if they're a resident or a or a um, uh, an actual citizen become a citizen of the U.S., or is it just where you're actually domiciled at the time you're doing the work? It, it's actually not where you're domiciled, where you do the work, or where you're a citizen or a resident of. It's actually where the estate administration takes place, hmm. right? Hmm. So, so you could have someone who lives in Norway, and <clears throat> as long as they're doing, and who's Norwegian has no connection to Canada, as long as they're doing the estate administration physically in Canada or gotcha. wherever they are in Canada, then the issue is resolved. But again, that becomes a little impractical given that you know people have lives, etc. Yeah, and it might be expensive to be flying back. For so <laughs> the advice is yeah. give, get advice and figure this out because there's multiple options. And like Dave said, either it's complex or more complex. More complex. <laughs> um, what, about, what about beneficiaries? 
When it comes to people who are putting their children or loved ones in their will to receive assets and you're an American or you're living in the United States, what's the impact there? Yeah, for, for a straightforward will, um, meaning that there are no trusts created in the will, the, the actual impact on the beneficiary is reasonably limited. There's some paperwork in the U.S. the beneficiary has to file if they're receiving a request from a Canadian estate. But uh, otherwise, that's generally it. Where so they're... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Max. No, no, I say where, where the complexity ramps up a lot is is if in the in the Canadian will there's a trust formed for the benefit of the U.S. child, and that's that's where all kinds of you know complex cross border tax issues come into play. But where you have just a straightforward will um, and and bequest leaving money to an American kid who is not the executor, then uh, you know there's some paperwork to file, but it's generally okay. So it's this notion of trust, if I understand correctly, Max, that really gets things complicated, right? The notion yeah. that it could be a Canadian trust um, dealing on a cross-border basis in, in any number of different ways that you've just described that creates these problems, and you're trying desperately to try to avoid that. If somebody falls afoul of, um, of this without proper planning, give us some sense of the problems that they're going to they're gonna face. I assume you're talking about the residency of the executor issue now, yeah. not the beneficiary issue. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Let's yeah. Let's start there. You bet. So, the the residency issue, like if your estate's considered to be a non-resident, uh, that the problems that that triggers are are sort of twofold. So one, um, if you if the estate's trying to sell a piece of real estate, uh, there might be there might be some withholding. Uh, the buyer may have to withhold tax on the real estate sale. If the estate has investments, there might have to be tax withheld on the investment on the investment income um, earned earned by the estate. And then in the United States, what you don't want is you don't want under the U.S. tax rules for the estate to be considered a U.S. tax resident because then the estate would have to pay U.S. income tax on whatever income it earns. And again, like all of these problems by and large, are navigable if you have the right accountant to help you. But it just increases the complexity dramatically of administering the estate, right? Um, and slows everything down. And so for a smoother ride, we generally recommend, you know, making sure that the estate is resident in Canada by either having a Canadian do it yep. or if the non-Canadian resident is going to do it, make sure that, that that person is doing it while physically present in Canada, Got it. Got it. I think that we're, we're running out of time here, Max. And as I said, I'm not sure we could do justice to the whole thing, but I think that there's some key takeaways. But before we sign off, let me thank you, first of all, for your time and your input. It's valuable. I know this is a confusing and complicated area for a lot of people. So thanks for joining us. Thanks very much for having me. We've been joined by Max Reed, who's a cross-border tax lawyer at SKL Tax in Vancouver. Um, boy, if you didn't take away the, the notion of, of, of thinking through this, planning this, right, if you've got cross-border connections, yeah. um, you weren't paying attention during yeah. this segment, right? Yeah, complex it's, and it's more complex. complex are not, those aren't great choices. You, but. You've nailed it when you said complex or, or more complex. And that's, and you can't control where your, where your kids go. They, right. they go to the States and, and they're living there and they're building their lives or their careers. And, and all of a sudden you're, you're now faced with making decisions about your own estate because of that, that, that choice. And so yeah. you need to get the advice, you need to get the help. Yeah. Um, don't, don't, bury your head in the sand on this one because it can get 
really, really problematic. Yeah, well, you get the sense that there's some real tax issues that you could run afoul uh, of and create some problems for, for ultimately your executor. And nobody's gift to their family is tax problems and paperwork, right, and all those issues. Yeah, so it's a pain. It's a pain. That's right. That's a pain. So the legacy bucket is, a, is an important piece. I work on that in our team all the time. Now, it's one of the pieces, one of the four buckets that we talk about in proper lifestyle and retirement planning. And we're going we're gonna to cover all of those buckets Correct. at our upcoming seminar. On September 24th, 7 p.m. at the Four Points Sheraton Hotel in West Calgary, you need to reserve your seat. So give us a call, 966-8400. That's 966-8400. Or you can register online at morethemoneyradio.com. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in for another edition of More Than Money on 770 CHQR. Go Stamps, go. We'll talk to you next week. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.